continues for Shabbat B'Sholach. We are in the third parak of Erevin at the third Mishnah. And our topic right now is Eruv Tzuchumin, the kind of Erev used to extend the distance in one direction that you can walk on Shabbat. We would we recall from Masechet Shabbat that there is a Tzuchum, a 2,000 Amma distance outside of the city that one can travel. What if there's a Mishnayomi convention and Dafiyomi convention? It's a little farther out, so a person could place food farther out to allow him to travel another 2,000 amot past that food to get to the convention on Shabbat. Now, Mishnah Gimel gives some details about what if he puts his Eruv in one kind of Rashut. Recall in Shabbat, there's Rashut Arabim, Rashut Yachid, individual, uh, private domains, public domains, Carmelites, which is sort of a neutral parv area. So Mishnah Gimel reads, Netanu Be'ilan, or if he puts it up a tree. So, if it's higher than 10 Tefachim up into the tree, Ein Eruvo Erev. It is not a valid Eruv. Why? Because he cannot go up and bring it down. He cannot reach up there and bring it down because that would be already a private domain, a Rishut Yachid, and he wouldn't be able to bring the food down from there to the base of the tree in the Rishut Harabim. If it's on the tree, on a branch, or in the trunk of the tree or something, below 10 Tefachim, it is a valid Eruv because that's part of Rashut Rabim. He could just technically sit there at the base of the tree and pull out the food and go ahead and eat. So he can't climb the tree on Shabbat. It's an Isra Dirabonan. He might break off a branch. You can't use trees at all on Shabbat. So do not hang your coat or your, your uh, hat on a tree on Shabbat because then you can't take it off anymore. Now the Mishnah continues with a similar case. Natana Babori put it into a pit into the ground, underground, a filo amak me'ama. Even if he was uh, in Minecraft mode and he dug down a hundred ama down below the surface, a ruvo eruv, it's still a valid eruv. Now in the second case, the Gemara explains that he wants to have shvita, he wants his place, uh, where his residence, where he could eat his eruv if he wanted to, in a Carmelite. And a Carmelite is not a rishut yachid, not an individual private domain, and not a rishut rabim, not a public domain, it's... It's parv, it's neutral. So he could take, on a, on a biblical level, he'd be allowed, it's, there's a rabbinic restriction, but on a biblical level, he's allowed to take from a rishut yachid this uh, pit, this, this bore that he's dug or exists into the Carmelite. So it is a valid Eruv. The Mishnah brings another case, Netano Barosh HaKona. He puts it on top of a reed, like a, like a bamboo, O Barosh HaKundas, or on top of a pole, like a telephone pole or something. Bizman shehu tolish venot. As long as this reed or bamboo or something, it's not growing out of the ground. It's been disconnected from the ground already and then stuck into the ground. ama. Even if it's a hundred amot tall, eruv. It is an eruv. This pole, this on top of the pole, is not big enough to be a rishut yachid or a rishut rabim or a carmelite. It is a makom patur. It is an exempt area with regards to transferring on Shabbat. So he could technically put his Erev up there because technically he's able to get it down either into the Carmelites or whatever Rashut he's into. Now, it does have to be not growing out of the ground because then there's a concern of Tolish that he would be uh, come to pull something off of this if it's growth, this tree or pole or bamboo is actually growing. So that has to be something that's no longer growing. Now, the Mishnah continues, Netanu b'migdol. He put it into a locking cabinet or chest, and then they lost the key. It is still a valid Eruv, even though Lemaisa, he can't get in there and eat his food. 
Rabbi Lezer Omer, Rabbi Lezer is a chiluk. Im eno yodea shemafteach bimkomo. If he doesn't know that the key is in its place, eno erev. It's not a good erev. Now, in the first case here, they originally had the key because he needed it to put the food in there. So at the critical time when the sun sets on Friday evening, it was available. They had the key and then later on it's lost. So since Friday at sundown, it was a valid Eruv when Shabbos began. So it's still a valid Eruv, even though they lost the key. The Gemara explains where the other is dealing with a Muxa issue. Also, see the Gemara there for details. On to Mishnah Dolid. Nitgalgil Chutzletchum. He had his Eruv, maybe had a barrel of wine or something, and it was on a hill. And then it rolled, and it rolled out of his Tchum, past the 2,000 Amal limit, where by default, he could walk on Shabbat. So now Lamaisi has a problem. He can't get to where the food is, even though the food was in the right place when Shabbat began. Or nuffle, a law of gull, or a pile of rubble, or some sort of earthquake, or collapse of a building, fell on it and buried it. O Nisraf, or it got burnt up. O Truma, Venitmate. Or it was Truma, and the Sheretz came along and uh, died on it, and it became Truma Tmeya, and even the Kohen cannot eat Truma Tmeya, can only burn it. So the mission explains, Miba od Yom, if this happened when it's still daytime, like Friday late afternoon, like he put his put his uh, food out there to make his Erev Tachum, you know, Friday at 2 p.m. and then Friday at 4 p.m. before Shabbos starts, something went wrong. So that's Eino Erev, because at the critical moment of Shkia on Friday afternoon, it was not in existence. It wasn't available. Misha HaSheicha, if it got messed up after Shkia, after Shabbos began, Harei Ze Erev, because at the critical moment, it was a valid Erev. Now, Im Suffolk, what about a case of doubt? We're really not sure when the fire broke out or when they got Tame. We don't know exactly when that happened. We weren't there, but, you know, we, we figure out, you know, we, we don't know. So Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Omrim, they say, Hare ze Hummer Gummel. It's a donkey camel. Now, this is an expression. Uh, it means if you're leading a donkey, you're driving a donkey, you have to stand behind the donkey. And if it's a gummel, a camel, you have to stand in front of the camel. You don't want to go behind a camel. They kick. I, I, this is what I heard. I don't know firsthand. So you have a limitation. You're stuck behind the donkey and in front of the camels. What this means regarding his Tehum Shabbos is he has to stay in between his house and the place of the Suffolk Erev, where he wanted to put the Erev and something went wrong. Because halakhically speaking here is if the Erev was not valid then he can go from his house 2,000 amot in any direction. And if the Erev was valid and it did work, then he can go from that Erev, from that Makom Shvita, his, his new dwelling place established by the food, 2,000 amot in any direction. But now since we don't know, he's stuck in the 2,000 amot between the house and the Suffolk Erev. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon Omrim, but they say Suffolk Erev Kosher. A doubt about an Erev is Kosher. Again, the logic here is an Erev is a Din Zerubbanan. I'm actually misspeaking here. I'm correcting myself. Erev Tuchum is based on a Deraisa. It's a Pasuk about not going beyond your Makom on Shabbat. But there's a Chazaka here. So the Chazaka is we put the Erev intact and, and Tahor and not burned up and not buried uh, we put it there, so we have a chazaka, it was still like that until we know otherwise. So they rely on this to establish that an Eruv where there's a doubt when it got messed up and unavailable to be an Eruv is kosher or not. They say it's kosher. Amr Biyosi of Tulmus Haid, he says, a sage called of Tulmus testified, Bishim Chamisha Zakenim, 
from five sages, al Suffolk Erev Shekosher. He said also that we can rely on Chazaka Lamaisa, and the Halacha is like Rabbi Yossi, who's quoting Avtomus, who's quoting five different sages. So that's pretty strong heter. Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi Tai,